This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Ness. Welcome. So we're going to start with our great thing because that's how we start every morning. And guess what? That's how you know you have arrived. Welcome. Start owning the day, people. It's necessary business. Uh, So my great thing from yesterday And while I'm saying this, you don't have to sit here and think, geez, this girl's full of herself. Yes, I am. It's important. You need to be as well. And you don't need to share your great thing with anyone who thinks that of you. Uh, If you feel like thinking that of me, it's okay. But it is imperative, people. Imperative. You have to to be full of yourself. You have to be. You have to be. I can't say it enough. You have to be. So in the spirit of being full of yourself, I'll go ahead and give you (laughs) my great thing. This is how we start every morning. This is how we start every day or your afternoon. I just need you to make it a part of your daily schedule. We can't be great if we don't make it a habit. And that's not only saying it, that's looking for it, calling it out. What are the great things that you did and experienced that day? What are they? Go ahead. Uh, So my great thing really was that I had imagined this amazing Barbie. My daughter, my three-year-old, has been asking for, I'll say it in her terminology, a big girl Chelsea Barbie. And I can't just do big girl Chelsea Barbie, okay? That's too easy. Uh, So I want to come up with the most magical, wonderful instance of said Barbie. And in my mind, I had imagined that, and I, I don't know if I imagined it or I actually saw it. I really believe that I saw it. I thought I had seen a set of big girl Chelsea mermaid. Not only big girl Chelsea mermaid, Also, Big Girl Chelsea Mermaid Baby. Yeah. Take it in. If you're a three-year-old, is there a better instance of Christmas present? No. That's mixing all magical things. All. The only thing better would be if it came with a horse, but I don't know how a mermaid would ride a horse, so that's probably why it doesn't. But I had seen this Barbie. Swear. Swear on my life. So we're shopping on Saturday, and I shared a photo of that yesterday on Instagram. So if you don't follow me on there, go ahead. You can keep up with the story right as it's happening. Um, We went shopping on Saturday out of town, and I swore that this Barbie existed at our Walmart, and possibly our Walmart only. And so we drove back and went to said Walmart immediately. And it wasn't there. So then I'm just like, what are you doing? You've gone mad. This doesn't even exist. I mean, come on. Chill, bro. You're not even that cool. So it didn't exist there. But I'm still about to prove a point. Okay? It exists. I swear uh, it's just at a different Walmart. I swear I saw it. So... 
I go to the other Walmart on my lunch break yesterday, and it's not there either. And I'm like disappointed because as I'm walking into the store, I can imagine myself shrieking with excitement when I see this Barbie set, like losing my mind. And I realized to all of you right now who probably have way bigger things facing you, you're probably listening to this and you're like, can you talk about something that actually matters? But it matters. So I can visualize it happening and it doesn't happen. And then I'm just like in the aisle, like, man, what, what do I do now? Well, then I decide that I'm going to go to the last Walmart in town. I can't go today because I have a couple more errands to run over my lunch break. And I'm going to go tomorrow. I make this conscious decision yesterday. And I am still committed to finding this Barbie set. I swear it exists. And if for nothing else, it is just to validate that I saw it and I'm not crazy. And I can tell you right now, anything that can make you feel less crazy in this world, you should try. Okay. Um, so my great thing really was continuing my search and not giving up on myself. I could have just said, you know what, it's not even that big a deal. It literally is a $10 Barbie set. Like, my daughter is going to be just fine with the $1 Barbie that we found, Chelsea Barbie that we found. Okay? She's going to be fine right there. You don't need this. But I know that it exists. I know that this perfect instance exists. And if you also follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that we found Merman Barbie. And... That was a life-changing episode, so I can only imagine what life would look like with Mermaid Chelsea and Mermaid Chelsea's little baby sister, okay? Baby Mermaid? What? Sorry. Epic, epic things. Uh, so my great thing was just not giving up on myself. I am bound and determined, and I will go to one more Walmart. I'm almost certain that I wouldn't have seen it at this one because this is not one that I frequent, but then that makes me think maybe that is why I saw it there. So I can't even, <laughs> this is even worse. I can't actually even find it in a general Google search or on Amazon or walmart.com. So there is possibility that this doesn't exist at all. And yet... I will not give up on myself. I will not. And I will find it. I will find it. So that's, that was my great thing. I didn't give up. I definitely could, but I'm not going to. And that may seem like a seemingly small thing comparatively to what you're going through. But it's whatever your great thing is, people. Go for it. Did you do the dishes? Did you get out of bed? Did you take a shower? I mean, listen, that's one of my greatest accomplishments that happens. The reasons that I don't say it very often is because dry shampoo. Okay? That's it. I don't even have to talk about it as my great thing because it happens so infrequently. <laughs> 
I mean, I'd love it for it to be a daily topic of discussion that I indeed bathed. But that usually is the thing that gets taken off uh, when it comes down to the wire of us getting places on time. So (laughs) I don't shower often. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome for bringing this to you on a podcast and not live because yeah, I just don't shower much. But that's my great thing. Go ahead, take time to recognize your own great thing. It doesn't have to be this expanded version like I just told you. That was a little bit ridiculous. Usually it takes us about a minute for me to share mine and I expand on mine because I want to bring it to life for you. You don't have to go into that much detail. Just get in a habit of recognizing and If you want the bonus points that don't count for anything, saying it out loud. If you want another bonus point that doesn't count for anything, saying it to someone. Make sure that person is loving and wants to see you do well. And then you've done it. You've said your great thing and you get all three bonus points for the day. If you did what I talked about. Go ahead, keep those in your back pocket. You never know when you're going to need a random ass set of points. Okay. So on the topic of not giving up on yourself and on the topic of small wins, small wins are where you're going to spend your time, no matter what you're doing. And I think this is the hardest part of how life works for me. And it may not be for you, but it is for me. Growing up as an athlete, growing up as someone who, and and this isn't even specific to athletes, this is literally how your entire world is set up. So growing up, you have these test points, these opportunities to have big wins. And I suppose that it's constructed so you grow confidence as you move forward and move out into the world. And you have all of these opportunities to just get big wins. And along the way, you have little wins, right? But most of your focus is in that big win space, right? And sports are similar, but even more. Because of the frequency, because of the amount of times that you um, get to have games, that you get to have these moments, the small wins just aren't counted the same way. The big ones, the big opportunities, those are the ones that stand out in your mind. And so a majority of our prior to adulthood life is full of these big win moments, right? You can probably see them all in your head. Where were those big win moments? What were those big games? What were those big tests? What were those big, big, big things? Then you go to college and it's similar. You have little tiny little wins along the way. You'd get your homework done. You write the paper you make it to the semester, you do your big test, you see if you pass, it's amazing, right? And it's a similar construction. 
and there are little wins. Those are the process things. Those are the things that no one celebrates but are necessary for you to move anything forward. Process wins. Small wins. And the big wins really are product wins, right? That's where you're producing something, you have a major test, you have something, a line in the sand that's going to say all of this work was worth it or it wasn't. How, how do we need to go back to the drawing board, right? And once you venture into adulthood, there isn't really a good, sturdy construction of what it looks like to win. And so how do you win in this thing called adulting? Sorry, I'm just kind of perplexed myself with that question. <laughs> Seriously, how do you win at adulting? I don't know. I don't know. I actually have a pretty good concept of how. And I was talking with a um, professor of business development or business innovation and this week and we were talking about people and how they operate and how you take them past their comfort zone and um, exercises you can do and when people are stuck, what what does it take, etc. And some of that conversation revolved around people not having clear sight lines of what it looks like to win. So everybody's view of winning is so drastically different. And when you align on something, right, like a, a sports game, you know that there are points. And once you score that set of points, you will have either won or lost. It doesn't have to be a set amount of points. It just has to be more than the person that you're up against. And everybody understands that. And that's why sports are such a common language. We get it, right? There's not really any interpretation needed for sports. I mean, there is some, like field goals only cost, get you a one point, but sometimes they get you two, sometimes they get you three. I don't know. That's just a weird rule. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> they should all be the same. Because does it really matter? Anyways, I suppose sports have to be kept a little bit confusing so people can buy in. But by and large, we understand winning in sports. When it, you transition to adulthood or you transition to a work, space, what does winning look like? It starts to become fuzzy and it starts to become undefined, right? And in those instances, how do we define winning? Well, the definition is so loosely based. The definition of what winning looks like for me looks drastically different from what winning looks like for you. 
And my measure of what winning looks like is probably drastically different from what your measure of winning looks like. And, quite honestly, most people don't have an actual measure. Right? And we think about companies and cultures and places where people understand what they're working towards. Why? Why are we so imperative about what you're working towards? Why is that so important? Because we know this. If it's left open to interpretation, people get lost. Do you want to know why there are so many grown men that walk around in football jerseys? Because they get it. They get that. They know what winning looks like there. It's easier to associate with that than it is anything else in life. Because it's common. It's a similar language. It's a similar narrative. Right? And life, adulthood is all so different. And the world that we live in now is left so open to interpretation that if you aren't finding a way to have consistent narrative, To let people know what you are about and what is important to you, you may fall off and get lost in interpretation. Right? The intentionality behind who you are and what you're about is vital. Because anytime that someone's working with you, anytime that someone interacts with you, what does it look like? And what are the things that you are trying to communicate? So one of the things that's very important to me is that I am fun. And I know that sounds crazy, right? Because how do you measure what fun is? What fun is to some people isn't fun to other people. You're a hundred percent right. But my conscious narrative is that one, I care about you. So every conversation that I have with someone, I am going to ask one, if not more, personal questions about that person. Now, if they don't interact with those questions, then I stop I'm not a crazy person. I don't need to barrel into your life if you don't want it, right? But the intentionality behind making sure that that is a line item on conversations that I have with people who I'm trying to develop relationships with, that is vital. I'm not great at it. I'm definitely not perfect at it. But that's one of the things that I put intentionality behind. I want people to know that they exist, that I heard them, And that even outside of this business space, I acknowledge that they are still humans. 
that so much life happens behind the scenes of who you present yourself as 40 hours a week. And I want to know that person too. Then that I'm fun. People, seriously, you need to take a deep breath. The world is not set up for you to walk around with a frown and make everybody mad. It just isn't. And why do you even want to live with that type of weight on your shoulders? Here's the deal. I put have fun as a line item of intentionality of things that I want to do. And why? Because you spend less hours at home where you have quote unquote fun than you do at work. And if you aren't at a place doing something that you consider fun, I'm not saying it's going to be there all the time. There definitely are stressful moments wherever you work, whatever you do. But by and large, if you aren't there enjoying your life and your time and you can't find a way to smile, to enjoy, to love on whatever is there that you love on because that's the reason, you need to move on. Right? But fun is something I put intentionality behind. This world where everything exists behind a buttoned up jacket just doesn't have to be that way. Right? The world can exist in a million different ways. In fact, it has to. We can't just have all the button ups. They're going to limit how we think. In fact, the button-ups have probably gotten us to the world that we live in today. So we should go ahead and thank them for all the frowns and the happy Fridays. Thank you, (laughs) button-ups. Appreciate you. (laughs) Which I actually do appreciate you. You've built a world where we can exist. Now the rest of us need to come and inject our vision into that world and start making changes that exists outside of just that one way of thinking, right? And uh, to get back to where we started, finding ways to win, setting everything up for people to win. The reason, and I was talking to this professor this weekend, and he had quoted this, I think, from some book that he had on his wall. (laughs) The reason that people spend so much time outside of work, enjoying sports, enjoying X, Y, and Z, and these things are physically demanding and definitely a lot harder than anything that they would do in their 40 hours. And yet we complain in our 40 hours and we enjoy the hard physical labor. Why is that? Well... There is a conscious narrative around how you win. With sports, it's easy. It's not let up to interpretation. You don't have to practice every day to go out and do it and to know if you won or lost. 
Now, if you want to get better, you're going to have to do that. But bottom line, you could pick up a racket or a bat or a ball and you could do said sport, whatever it is, or a race car. And you could know, ding, 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 I won or I lost, but you still know. And either way, you probably had fun trying to accomplish that. So that's the thing. Things that demand so much more from us. Right? Sports. Whatever it is. We enjoy. We would sweat. We would struggle. We would strain. Literally, I've seen grown women, myself included, come back from a volleyball game, not be able to walk for two days, and still want to do it next week. Okay? Same with men's softball. I can't even get started on that. But why do we struggle so much there, spend so little time there, but never question it? And in, in perfect instances where we actually get paid for said exuberation, where we actually are in generally a controlled environment, right? Air conditioning heat, whatever it is, we have perfect conditions and this is where we're miserable in this 40 hours. Well, here's my thought as to why. It's not set up the same. You're set up for small wins that aren't really defined. You just have to keep a conscious narrative of your own winning right? There's no real definition in that space in those 40 hours. But the second that you leave here, there's definition. There's ways to win. One of my number one measures is if my children are smiling and laughing and not being jerks. (laughs) Good luck. That's a terrible way to measure things. (laughs) But There are ways to win outside of work. And in that 40 hours, even though it's a perfect instance, even though all the things that you're going to do this week in that 40 hours is not going to make you sore and not be able to get out of bed in the morning, likely, you're angry. 40 hours of anger. And you get paid, people. Right? Because there isn't a way to win. There's no objective. You have such long measures, for goodness sakes. A lot of company initiatives are, guess what, two, three, four, four years out. How do you win in the meantime? Well, you can set it up and you can stair-step goal, but even so, you still have a year. What are your little wins? What are those little measures so you get a little taste of what it looks like to win, right? And so outside of the business world, and if you are working, go ahead and set yourself up for some stair-step measures, people. It's not going to happen overnight. Whatever it is, I think it's lovely. If you work for a company that has year-long measures, even four year-long measures, 
That's such a blessing. It's pretty easy to break that down and figure out what that looks like for you to win every week. Well, if we're going to get to a financial stability measure of plus 5.4%, let's go ahead and break that down. I'm not going to, but that means we're going to need to gain 0.1 every week. How are we going to do that? Blah, 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 blah. Why do I even go into financials? I don't know because it's measurable and people actually keep track of that more than most things. <laughs> So it's easier for me to conceptualize it with you because a lot of people only measure that and nothing else. (laughs) But a lot of the things that I work with, there aren't clear ways to measure it. And so you have to look for the traditional ways to measure it. Culture is a great example of that. How do you know? Well, it's similar to like, I've, I've been around volleyball for long enough. To know I could close my eyes and walk in to a gym and there could be four teams playing and I could walk myself to the team that is winning, that is most effective. I almost guarantee it. I don't even need to see it. I don't need to hear a score. I can feel good volleyball. It's the same way with all teams. When the culture is good, you don't even have to look at the scores. You know it. You're vibing, right? And through that process, how are you winning along the way? Those vibes ain't going to ride out for that long, okay? People enjoy vibing, but they need to find a way to win. Think about it. So anything that you're trying to set up, so if it's me and I'm going after some sort of dream, make sure that you're constructing it in a way to win along the way. You can't just say, a year from now, I want to launch a podcast. In a year, you're going to write that down again. Because you haven't given yourself small ways to win along the road, right? So I need you to set yourself up to win because everybody can write anything on a board. It's the people who take small action steps. That process and a way to get yourself through the process is to set it up for small wins. The same way that your whole life has been set up, right? Maybe you do it in quarters. Maybe you do it in semesters. Whatever it looks like, have an end date for you to win. It's a big deal. It's imperative. You have to win along the way. And when you do, celebrate. Girl, go get yourself a coffee. Okay, you deserve it. And carbs don't count at Christmas. They just don't. I mean, they do. We're going to have to recover. But we'll get there. Okay? All the hearts to you. This is my sign-off. I'm actually signing off today. Welcome. It won't just end. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I end my podcast. I just push the red button. Done. Record. We out. (laughs) Um... Today, go out and set yourself up for measures. Make it 
measurable small wins along the way. I don't care what it is, but set yourself up for a habit of anything that you're doing and then find a consistent measure for yourself, whatever it is. And if you run a team, girl, go get you some. You have to set them up to win in the normal confines of what winning looks like. The reason that people gravitate towards athletics is because there is a common, clear denominator of what winning looks like. 